Scott, thank you for joining us on the Inroads podcast. Appreciate you being here. Good to be with you. The purpose of our conversation is to learn a little bit about you and the successes that you've had and take that a little bit further, diving into the fabric of the person that you are that got you there. So let's start with, tell us a little bit about you and what you're doing today and lead up to that from where you started. All right, I'll go from where I started. So uh, thanks for having me. Of course, good to be with you and your audience. Uh, I was raised on the eastern shore of Maryland by a single mother working on a farm and paying taxes by age 11. Wow. And then uh, left that, well, well, I guess we'll get into our, our shared history and big brothers and big sisters, but uh, left that small town to join the Navy about a month after high school to with the goal of becoming a, a Navy SEAL and uh, was able to get through training um, unharmed. Spent about eight and a half years in the Navy SEAL teams uh, all throughout South and Central America doing counter drug and uh, teaching host nation special forces stuff, and then uh, w went to the war in, in Iraq. Uh, finished up my time in, in the SEAL teams. Did some entrepreneurial stuff like real estate. Uh, went to Yemen for in and out of Yemen for four years doing security consulting, and then uh, got into politics. Don't ask me how. I'm not sure. I'm not sure which profession's more dangerous: the SEAL teams <laughs> or politics. But um, I spent some time as a state congressman in Virginia, and then a U.S. congressman as well. And uh, now I am the president of the bilateral trade group, the, the U.S. Qatar Business Council. Wow. So that is massive. And it is really impressive. And the idea that you, the theme that I imagine that would carry from each of those journeys is a lot of fortitude and a lot of danger, thus a lot of bravery, I imagine. If you're going to be dumb, you better be hard. <laughs> you're going to be dumb. That's going to get quoted. You know that, right? So if you were driving in the car and you had your five-year-old self in the back seat, what would your five-year-old self be most surprised by? Um, my five-year-old self? That's a little tough because it's a little, you know, five years old. I guess if I, if I was looking back and, you know, being a five-year-old and saying, wow, then my future, some of the things I just mm -hmm. mentioned, um, you know, where, where I'm from and, you know, where people go from where I'm from, usually they stay there, of course. Um, but I think becoming a Navy SEAL would have been a big thing. Becoming a father, uh, as you mm -hmm. know, uh, of course, my son is... Um, the, the biggest accomplishment in my life. Um, also, using my GI Bill and getting an undergrad and a, and a master's degree from Harvard University, I definitely wouldn't have thought that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, and then getting elected to U.S. Congress, you know, going from the uh, the cornfields in Hebron, Maryland to the halls of Congress is it would be a big thing, I think, for a five-year-old so looking at his future. Looking at looking ahead. And so do you think that what it took for you to go into each of those moments, do you think that is more nature or is it more nurture? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think you, uh, one starts out with, <clears throat> with, you know, the core of who you are, of course, and then, and then you, you utilize you know, mentorships as well as you, uh, the things in your environment to help you reach uh, your potential and whatever it is that is your goal. Um, and, and I think in between each of the big things that I've accomplished in my life, I've kind of like looked around, I'm like, oh, what's next? Kind of like, yeah. what am I going to do? And then, and then eventually sort of settled on, on some sort of goal. And then, um, I think in the nature piece of it, um, rather than the nurture, I just, I have a sort of incredible discipline and, mm -hmm. um, uh, maybe some would say hard headedness, but, uh, <laughs> but also like, I, you know, I, I have no, I have a very strong mind, I think. Yeah. And, and so, and then I'm sure we'll get into this, but e with each uh, success, I, you know, it was always like little teeny steps 
over and over and over again that led up to the to the success, mm-hmm. um, which takes discipline and focus and stuff like that. But certainly, again, between those big accomplishments, there was a lot a lack of focus, if you will, all over the place sure. until I was focused, and then I knew what I was going to do once I set upon it. Then you knew it was next. So if you imagine you're in this car and you have a GPS system, right? The GPS system is the map that tells you where to go, and all of us have an internal GPS, essentially your character, your morals, and your ethics. Sure. Where over the course of this journey have your morals and ethics either been enhanced and affirmed or really challenged? Am I still five years old? Nope, you're an adult now. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You're a little bit farther yeah. down the journey. So I, I think, um, you know, I, I try uh, I try to keep an open mind and I'm constantly learning and I'm very curious by nature. Um, so I think, I think in general, you have this sort of this moral compass um, that things that you were taught, whether it's, you know, your mother teaching you manners and, and stuff like that. But also along the way, um, my thoughts certainly have adjusted and, and I, I, not my moral compass necessarily, but just my understanding of the world around me certainly yeah. changed because of the diverse and broad things that I've been exposed to sure. uh, all around the world, quite frankly. So I think I'm I mean, I'm, I'm in a, I'm constantly learning and I'm open to constantly learning right. uh, and making sure that my moral compass is pointing in the right direction. Right. So you're seeing different perspectives as you grow in scope Absolutely. and enroll and in different places of the world and different responsibilities and, and things that are up against you that you have to sort of make sure that that's tested, like you said, and, and you're still staying on point with what that is. But what that brings you is that propulsion and momentum to keep moving forward which helps you reach your goals. Now, and sometimes you you know you you realize okay what you thought was you were doing the right thing moving forward and then your perspective changes, right? Yeah. And you're like not not that you're doing the wrong thing suddenly, but it just doesn't matter as much. Right. <laughs> right. And that goes back to the you being know? open to learning Absolutely. and listening to whatever that intuition is or whatever the data inputs are exactly. that help guide you and and being in tune with that, which I think is one of the things that people have a big challenge with is staying aligned with what that goal is and who they are and those external forces cuz talk about external forces of of the background that you've had, you've had some legitimate real life external forces against you. Sure. And one of those is what's actually internal. And so when your character is tested through situations like this, if you were to talk about the character attributes that you would need to get through some of the history that you've done, what characteristic traits would you say helped you get through that? Um, competitiveness, competitiveness, um, again, the ability to focus yeah. on, on things, um, uh, the lack, well, not the lack, but the, the never quit attitude. Yeah. Of course. You know, when you talk about the SEAL teams, you're talking about, you know, 70 to 75% attrition rate for the people who actually get there. Uh, that's not even including the folks who tried to get there that didn't get there. Yeah. So you, I mean, you have to have this just incredible, um, you know, will, you know, will to succeed and will to get through whatever, whatever it is that you're doing. And, um, and so, uh, you know, I don't know exactly where that comes from. Sometimes I, I try to contemplate, okay, let me look at, you know, look in the past and figure out, uh, were there some external forces that, that sort of, uh, helped me get that sort of mentality or attitude. And, uh, I, I don't know yet. Um, but, but definitely the, you know, the, the will to win, Mm -hmm. never quit attitude, uh, the ability to focus when, when you have, when you need to focus. Um, and then I think, uh, again, the cure, you know, being, I have an insatiable curiosity, so I learn a lot, and I, I'm able to associate different things mm. with all with a, with a lot of perspectives, and um, I think that's been very helpful for me in being successful successful as well. And then you can connect where the dots align. Absolutely, 
and what so it's it, they whether see, that's networking with people or whether that's just with with things or, or and or moments both moments or situations Absolutely. And, and that either helps it's like if you look at the windshield it's bigger in front of us for a reason because that's driving where you're headed the rearview mirror is where you look back and you decide if you need to speed up slow down change lanes just quick little glances but it helps give you that context from a peripheral standpoint I mean, everybody has that in their mom and your mind is 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 this massive supercomputer that's just constantly mm -hmm. associating things all day long right yeah. And, uh, and some people are more open to doing that than others, right? Yep. And for, for me, it's I've always been open to um, to those associations that help me connect dots, whether, again, whether it's people, whether it's yeah. in business, um, whether it's in war, whatever it might be, I think it's necessary that you that you keep an open mind for that. So with, with that, that's something that I think when you talk about being in war, whether it's being in war the way that you've discussed it or whether it's a business at war against, you know, external customer or um, competitor headwinds, or somebody's at war with themselves as an entrepreneur trying to build a business and they're not sure if it's gonna work. The idea that there's this conflict, you've actually been in and around real conflict. So it almost seems as though your history and what you've done comes with such bravery, but there had to have been times that you were afraid of failure or that something would go wrong. Where, oh, yeah. where I mean, was that? I, look, I, I, like, I think every, every significant thing that I've done, I've always been, you know, there's also, there's fear there, right? Yeah. I wrestled growing up. I can remember, uh, even if I knew I was going to beat the guy in like 30 seconds, I'm still super nervous. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, I, I think I don't think fear is a bad thing. When I was jumping out of an airplane, I'm, 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 there's fear there. Right. It's not the, the, the fear. As long as you don't let fear stop you completely mm -hmm. or uh, make you freeze, you still you know, you have to be you have to be calm in chaos. Mm -hmm. You can be scared. In fact, I think that's helpful some, yeah. sometimes because it, it sort of gives you a heightened sense of awareness. awareness right. mm -hmm. um, and so that can help with you know making sure that you got you complete the details necessary to whatever the job is. Um, so fear is fine, and and I, I I embrace fear. I'm okay with it. You know I'm totally okay with it. Totally calm in mm -hmm. in, in chaotic situations, um, and and I think that's what you have to be. You just have to push push through it. Um, but anyway, I mean I, I think that you know when you you mentioned entrepreneurs, and I mean you you deal with businesses all the time, and I, I'm sure there are folks that are entrepreneurs or business owners that are uh, will want to start businesses that are going to watch this and listen to this this podcast, and so you know it it's it's a scary thing. It's super scary. You know when you put everything on the line for something that you believe in, that you want to start and be successful, and maybe have a family, whatever it is. It's mm -hmm. like it's super scary. You know, yeah. very scary. But nothing is ever as bad as you think it's going to be. Mm. And nothing's ever as good as you think it's going to be either. That's true. That's right? a good point, yeah. And w one of the great things about this country specifically is who gives a shit? Yeah. So you fail. Well, get back up, dust your knees off, and keep moving forward. And you probably will fail, but you're going to be better for it as long as you don't dwell on uh, and freeze for the next thing. Yeah. I, I've, actually, this goes back to the, the, the question that you asked me. I have failed at everything I've ever been successful at. Okay. Period. And I don't care. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like yep. it's okay. Yeah. I uh, you know, you, you learn a hell of a lot more from your failures than you do your successes. Yeah. So to me, failure is just part of the it's part of life, it's part of the deal, and it's a great uh, educational tool. Absolutely. I love how you put that. I love that. If you were to define on the flip side of that success, everybody thinks that they're on this journey and they're gonna arrive to success and they're gonna reach a landing point. And I think we've all seen that that's just not how it works there's evolutions and periods of success but of we all define it differently so how would you define what success is 
Um, you know, and this is one of those things that sort of have, have changed throughout my life, and I imagine that's going to be the same with everybody. What you what you uh, what you think is that you're successful, and you know, there's been plenty of times when I've reached a goal, or you know, which is great. And there's that you know euphoria for a second there, and then you're like, oh shit, okay, what's next? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think uh, to be successful in life, period, and life is precious, and you never know how much time you have. Uh, are you happy with yourself? Number one, one hundred percent. Are you are you happy? Are you you know are you confident in who you are as a person? Have you you know your, your moral compass? All those things yeah. that that go into that. Are you okay? Are you are you good with your family, your kids, whatever? To me, that is the like you know being a good father, uh, being someone that my family and my friends like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to me, is more important that make me th- those things make me more successful than any money that I'm ever going to make. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, all along the way, I like to, of course, achieve goals and stuff like that, just because I like I like like doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, that those are those are great, but they're also temporary successes, as you you alluded to. Mm-hmm. The the biggest thing to me in life is is what I what I said. I yeah. mean, that's really. If, if if my family likes me, they want to hang with me. If Sterling, <laughs> my son, when he's old, when I'm when we're older, Jay and I are older or something, he still wants to hang with us. Okay, I'm successful. Yeah, then that's what that works. It's a different intrinsic value that doesn't have anything to do with the superficiality of what the external culture or pressures may be. And I think that is back to the alignment of being who you are and listening to the intuition. It, are you happy? You maybe make a million dollars a year. Maybe, yep. maybe you make, you know, $50,000 a year. Are you, are you enjoying life? Are you enjoying your family? Are you enjoying yourself? Yeah. Are you, you know, you look yourself in the mirror and be like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of happy, you know, like I'm, I'm cool with the 50,000 a month or I'm cool with a million dollars. I mean, there's plenty of people who have tons of money who are so unhappy. And I would argue that is not what success looks like. Well, and that's what my next question is, is where do you think people get the idea of success wrong? Because they think it's, it, it, it's, it's things, it's money. It's, uh, do I have a Lamborghini or something like yeah. that? You know, and, um, like that's not success. It's yep. just not. It's just a thing, you know. You mentioned giving back and talking about the Big Brothers program that you were in. So there's a part of you that also intrinsically is connected to service of and to giving to others. So talk to me about that attribute and how you think that's made you successful as well. So let's let's go back uh, a second in time, right? You know, as you know, we share we share this. Um, we're both littles, if you will. Littles, yeah. Um, you know. I, I met when I was 11 years old. I was on probation. I was, uh, you know, going down the wrong path. Not that I was like some killer or something like that. I just yeah. had a single mother who, who was always in the hospital working. She worked at the hospital, so I had a lot of free time, and um, so I was getting in trouble. And I had no direction, and I had no, you know, male influence that was that was really help, you know, helping me and mentoring me. So I got signed up for Big Brothers Big Sisters, mm-hmm. and so I, I remember, I remember the, the day I met Andy, my big brother, uh, who's 83 now. Okay. Um, I'm sitting with my sister. We're on a couch. Andy walks in with this lady, Gigi, who was like setting it up. And I just remember looking at him like at the time he was 51, 50, 52. And I'm like, God, this guy's old. You know, like what the <laughs> hell are we going to have in common? He's just all he's gray haired, you know. Yeah. But but that guy changed the whole trajectory of my life. I mean, I mean, literally everything like you wouldn't even be speaking to me right now if it wasn't for that guy. He came to he, he happened to like sports. He was a coach. I played a lot of sports and fast forward when he, um, when I graduated high school, he said, do you know why I picked you? And I said, well, why didn't know you picked me. I, yeah. I, mean, I thought, I thought they matched us up. Yeah. He said, well, they matched us, matched me up with three people. When each one of you wrote a letter, do you remember writing a letter? And I'm like, no, I don't remember writing a letter. I'm 17 <laughs> now. That was when I was 11. And so he said in your letter and, and let me preface this by saying, again, my mother was always working. I played mm-hmm. sports. Uh, 
no one was there, you know, to, yeah. for my games. And he said, in your letter, you, you wrote, I just want someone to come to my games. Oh. I told you that's going to make you cry. And, and so that guy came to every single match, every single game mm. that he could, the, my, my whole time in high school and before high school and everything yeah. like that. And just the fact that he showed up, didn't have to say anything, right? Like yeah. just, just showing up is the big thing. So, uh, I mean, but there's so much more, and I know we don't have enough time to go into it of, of how he changed my life, but that he changed, uh, there would be no Harvard, there would be no Navy SEAL stuff, there would be no Congress if it wasn't for Andy, my big brother. Do you think it was him validating a part of your worth that you felt but hadn't yet been reflected? 100%, 100%. Again, it's, you know, it's, it's just being there and, instilling confidence and self-worth mm-hmm. i mean a lot of kids don't have that you yeah. know the, and, and uh there's no way i would have left that little small town probably if it wasn't for andy validating me mm-hmm. and instilling confidence and self-worth in me to where i had the confidence to say you know what i'm gonna go be a damn navy seal right you know? yeah no um i never mind i didn't even know what that really meant <laughs> when, I, when i was in high school you know i but just it, it was hard it's that uh, even adults nowadays have issue with self-worth and back to the entrepreneurial there's a lot of people that struggle with how much do i charge and, and or they'll undercut because they feel like their services aren't valued the right way. And there's a lot of struggle where it's, they believe that they have something to offer, but they don't know how to claim it. And that starts with somebody saying, I see you and I'm here for you. Like you said, even if I don't say anything and that can make a huge difference. sounds like he was a great mentor to you. Ah, The best. I mean, I I I still speak to him every day. I just texted with him earlier. Oh, that's (laughs) awesome. Now you have to tell me you mentioned him. (laughs) Hi, Andy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, so if you were on the show. Let me say one more thing about that, because this is important, I think, for anybody that's out there listening, who is on his side, right, the mentor side. If you spoke to Andy today, he would tell you that he got more out of it than I did. Yeah. Which I disagree with 100%, but he would say that to you. I got more out of this than Scott got. Yeah. Which is pretty incredible when you think about it. It's, and you know, you and I talked before that I have a big, and I was a little, and we've had the longest standing history of big brothers, big sisters in Central Florida. We used to get awards for it. And it's so funny you say that because she would say the same thing. And I think there's that, there's that element of living outside of yourself and being connected to some bigger purposes that are less egocentric and more, whether it's servant or whether it's giving back or whether it's giving time, whatever it may be, some of that, it just seems to come back to you in a way that helps pave more of that road for success for people. Um, Sometimes people think you just have to have grit and work hard. And like you said, there's people that chase either the paycheck or the title or whatever it may be, and it's not ever fulfilling and they're not gonna get- That's the thing, you might might achieve those things, but it might not be be fulfilling. It's it's that listening to your story, going from where you went you had this drive to accomplish goals like intrinsically you were trying to achieve something and then the next and then the next and that is an eternal fortitude and drive that money can't buy right sure the experiences can shape and reaffirm it and people like andy can see it and that's how you end up continuing forward that's your fuel so to speak so if you were to look at this whole driving analogy everybody's got a tank the tank gets empty sometimes what would you recommend people do for the need to refill their tank mentally and emotionally Hmm. Um, I think that varies for for each person and what they what makes them feel recharged. But everybody should just sit, you know, self reflect and like, hey, what what may what gives me more energy? Right? Is it being around my friends and family? Is you know, for me, it's probably a couple of things. I have a set of of friends that I'm still close to that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. That no matter it, it, it wouldn't matter if I was the president of the United States, they would still give me shit. Right? <laughs> if my head got too big, they'd pop that bubble pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah. Uh, but I, I love them. I love them, and I love laughing with them. My stomach hurts when I'm laughing with them. I love being around them, and I also love travel, right? So I, I like to, you know, when I lost 
my race in Congress, for example, I needed to, I needed to get away yeah. um, to, to recharge and refocus. And I, I literally flew to Barranquilla, Colombia, right? So I, I, I spent a lot of time in South America, like South, South America. Barranquilla is like this little, you know, industrial city on the coast of, of, of Colombia. It, no, you wouldn't go there for vacation. Yeah. But I did, you know, yeah. and I, but just to, just to relax and, yeah. and get away. And no one, no, no one knows me. Right. You know, and, and uh, so I, I think whatever uh, refills your battery, and it's going to be a little bit different for each person, but but you need you need that in your life, you know. Yeah. And um, I can't go too long without hanging out with those friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I talk to them on the phone every day, but it's not the same thing. I got to go see them. Um, and when I when I leave them, number one, I miss them, of course. But but I'm I'm recharged. I'm happy, uh, you know, I'm, which can enable me to let go of things that might be bothering me, and yeah. then and then refocus. And it goes back to that paradigm shift where you get different perspectives once you get farther and farther away. It's more sure. in the rearview mirror, and it seems to matter less at that point. Again, you know, nothing is, is as bad as it seems. Nothing's as good as yeah, it seems. Yeah. It's always somewhere in between, right? Yeah. You know, and, and, and people, honestly, like, it really paralyzes a lot of people when they have big failures. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, it's really ridiculous to be paralyzed with a failure or, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it, you, you have the ability to move forward. You're not dead. Right. <laughs> you know, you keep, you keep moving forward. Yeah. If, if somebody doesn't have an Andy or where they don't necessarily feel seen, what would you recommend that they do to self-validate in a way? Um, you know, I, I don't know about self-validate because I think that's, you know, again, that's going to be personality-driven. Um, you know, because I had that that validation from Andy so early, like yeah. I don't even need it, yeah. you know, from anybody. I don't need validation from anyone, right. you know, uh, now. I'm totally, totally fine. Um, but obviously there was a time when I did, you know, yeah. at, at that age. And that could be different for different people at certain times in their life. I, but I would say, listen, you know, when you when you look at mentors and how to find mentors, there are tons of people out there who uh, usually it tends to be folks that are a little bit older. Like they, they want to give you the yeah. wisdom. They'll talk to you all day long about yep. stuff. <laughs> Some of it you might be like, oh, geez. You know, <laughs> but there's probably great nuggets in there somewhere. Yeah. So, I mean, I would just if I were if I were if I was. Uh, if I needed something or needed, uh, whether it was validation and maybe I'm doing a new business or something yeah. like that, I need, I need validation and that what I'm doing is okay or is it sucks or whatever, just reach out to people and, and have no fear in reaching out to people and, and trying to get their feedback. And you, you would be surprised when you ask for something, how much you get. Yeah. Most <laughs> people just is, don't ask. Right. And the worst you know? they say is no. And then you just go ask and somebody who cares? else. And you just go ask somebody yeah, else. Right. Yeah. Yep. So if you were to be looking in the rear view at the end for you and you were to be the final destination looking back and saying okay this journey was what it was supposed to be what would you see um you know i i've, I've a you know i've had a i've thought about this a lot before because um you know unfortunately i've i've, I've buried a lot of my friends right for war from war so i've i've had you know understood the you know the 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 finite time frame of, of life from a very early age. In fact, it's interesting, Andy, who's 83 now, he's 40 years older than me, uh, a few years ago, his friends started to die, you know, because, you know, they're 80, 80 some yeah. years old and, you know, life takes its course. And so we were having this conversation and, and I, I found myself sort of consoling Andy about losing his close friends, mm. which is kind of crazy when you think about it, because I was like in my, you know, early, yeah. you know, late 20s, early 30s. But you'd seen it a he, lot. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. I've already, you know, buried more than I'd wish on anybody. And so... So I've I thought about this a lot, you know, and if it was tomorrow was the end, uh, would I be content with with you know where I've been? And I think the answer is 100 percent. Yes, because 
Um, I have used some, I use my, you know, I use my time, of course, first and foremost, my son, um, you know, being there for him as much as I could possibly. And then, uh, and my friends and mm-hmm. the people that I care about and love and, uh, but also the uh, serving, serving yeah. other people. I, I think that you, you, you get the most mm-hmm. when you give yeah. and uh, you get the most out of it when you give. And again, Andy, I go back to his example and that he, that he feels like he got more than, than he gave, which yeah. is crazy to me. But um, whether I serve my community, my country or our, our friends and yeah. you know, our, our family, I, I feel like, yes, I, I have given a lot more than I've taken. And so, as lo- mm-hmm. so, so if, if the end was tomorrow, then I'm content. I feel like you've filled your purpose. What was the advice you gave to Andy when you were consoling him? Uh, how much time we got? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just, you know, it, it, I think it wasn't advice per se. It was just being there for him, you know. And, uh, and we, you know, having conversation, we're, t- we're talking about it. But it was really, it was just sort of the same thing that he did for me. And that was showing up yeah. and being there and listening, you know, and to, listening to him and listening to his old stories and, and uh, with, with his friends, of course, and like that. Knowing that he was heard. Course. And that went full circle. Yeah. Both of you. That's pretty awesome. Well, we um, are really, really grateful for your stories and for you sharing. I appreciate you coming on because it's a, it's a perspective that on paper, and this is the point of it, on paper, you could have a certain belief about what it takes. But what's fascinating is the thought and the person that you are underneath. It led to some of these roads, but it led to so much bigger of an impact to your family and to the communities. And to the people that you've come across. And that's really where I think the heart of the matter is, you know, making sure that you're going after that alignment with what matters and what you were when you started on the farm and what you went through to what you've done now, every step has led you to be able to impact more and more. And that's the legacy, like leaving the legacy work that is very, very profound. If you were to leave this podcast with one wisdom, one little nugget of wisdom on anything. Don't pee in the wind. There we go.